Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome B-Tech Smith and Steve. B-Tech Smith and Steve. You are now entering the Megacars, the Megacars. <laughs> one back. <laughs> yeah, I forgot how to run the board, Ted. That music is loud this time, Steve. It, I know. It's shut up, Zach. <laughs> All right. Now we're good. I like that every time you legitimately kind of give me a look out of the corner of your eye like, is he going to spit that water? The, the water's going to happen. It's going to happen. I just watched a special on Triple H. All right. And uh, there, it was about a bunch of people. It's like on the WWE Network. I watch that whenever I'm bored. And it's like all about the Monday Night Wars. And they're showing some early footage of Triple H when he first joined up with the uh, with the WWE and all that, and it was like the early inception of him spitting out the water, which was way different. Like he'd walk in with a bottle of water in his hand, he'd just kind of take a quick chug and then spit it. It wasn't the same. Like it wasn't as dramatic as it one day became. Yeah, it was kind of fun as a nerd of wrestling. It was fun to see the inception of the water spit. I'm like, <laughs> man, I've had a few moments before we get to push that off. Like that. Stupid stuff like that gets me excited. Or while I was vacuuming the other day, I actually got into an argument with myself in my head about which album has a better cowbell on it. Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, or uh, Skid Row's Slave to the Grind. Both have different cowbell tones, and I was like really nerding out about this. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like the cowbell on Slave to the Grind is beefier, but the overall performance is better on Appetite for Destruction. Hmm. And this is all while vacuuming. All while vacuuming. <laughs> That's great. I did stop vacuuming so I could listen to Slave to the Grind to just confirm that the beefier tone is there. And it was. I'm just glad you weren't spitting the water while you were vacuuming. That would have been dangerous. <laughs> that would piss off my wife. Right. <laughs> Plus, overall, it's just an electric vacuum. There's water on the ground. You don't know. We might have the Dyson that's now that wireless. Do you? No. Oh. <laughs> I just saw it the other day and I got it. Man, we got a whole topic about getting old, and that's something yeah, that's... Say, there's two Dyson products yeah, I like, yeah, man. I love yeah. the hand dryer. The hand dryer is amazing. Yeah, the hand dryer, and for some reason, I don't have one, but I'm kind of obsessed with that bladeless fan. Yes. Like, I, if I had it, I just feel like I'd sit at home sticking my hand in it all the time. <laughs> I do that every time we go to a store where it's on. Right? Yeah. I'm like, how is this working? Dyson! You're mad genius. <laughs> They're going to take over the world at some point. And no matter what the restaurant is, if they have those fancy hair dryers, hand dryers, I'm like, it's a nice place. Yeah. Nice oh, place. It, it definitely steps up the uh, quality of the establishment. Yeah. The place we were eating uh, some sh- shellfish the other day. Yes. They had one in there. And it makes me want to wash my hands more. Yeah, it makes me want to just hang out in the bathroom. <laughs> Just stand there until someone shows up. Be like, oh, I just finished drying my hands. <laughs> I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't creepily been in here for ten minutes or nothing. Watching my skin ripple. Hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, we got to get right into it. We got a lot going on Let's on the uh, Megacast. Ourselves. Oh yeah, over there. It's the Ted Smith. <laughs> Woo! Yes, and I'm Steve. Megacast. Megacast. First one of the new year. Happy New Year. <laughs> So let's just get right into it. We've got a request already via Twitter uh, at the Megacast. Nolan said for push-ups, right. he had a suggestion, and he believes that it'll even be better because of you, Ted. And he says, LOL, love the show. So without even giving you a hint, Ted, this is the song he wants us to do it to. <laughs> that's right on time with the Christmas special here right? at yeah. I wonder if that's why. So, yeah, for Kenny Loggins and for Nolan, let's get 10, everybody. Let's get it, man. Let's do it. 
Props also to Taylor. He uh, tweeted us and said, I don't think Alaska Air was prepared for me to get 10 in the air. You know, I respect that, Taylor. That's tough to do, 10 right there in the hall or in the, in the walkway of a plane. Do you, I don't know if my big ass could do it. I'm just picturing somebody just getting up in the, like, because you're sharing the row with people. That would weird me out if somebody just decided to just drop and do 10 push-ups in the plane. I feel like I would have to walk back to where the bathrooms are and there's a, where the stewardess is or stewards. Yeah. Whatever you call both sexes of those people. Flight attendants. Flight attendants. Thank you, Steve. Hi, I'm a steward. (laughs) Are you steward, steward? Because there's a little more room. I feel like I'd go back there and try to get him in there right there. Yeah. Do you think that they would look at you a little weird? Oh, yeah. And I like the explanation, too. He just had to look at him and go, well, I'm listening to this podcast and I have to do them. Yes. It would be great if all of a sudden like somebody else did it as well. Like You just cause this chain effect of, of a domino plane. of... <laughs> I'm out of breath already, man. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Dude, I, I kid you not. I don't think I did a push-up the entire break. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, man. I've been trying to stretch more, but that's one of my... I, I, I never have resolutions, but my wife brought up the fact that I have like three. Stretching. Stretching more, sucking less at hockey. All right. And drinking more water. All right. Oh, I started the water thing yesterday, man. I haven't peed. I peed more yesterday than I do in an entire week. I will say this. Like, I always I always have, like, this bottle of water I'm lugging around with me. Yeah. I didn't notice today you were chugging a pint of water. Yeah. I got a pint of water. I read something. Man, okay. We'll get to the TED Talks in a second. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> this is a cluster F, man. We're off the rails. Well, in our defense... Like, the last time we either of us did anything at work was kind of the drunken <laughs> yeah. New Year's episode. And then right before we turned the mics on, I looked at Steve. I go, I've been lazy for two weeks. I have been eating and drinking. I have not worked out. I have not done any work. So I'm not shocked this is the way today's going. Right. This is actually better than I think we expected it to go. Yeah. I read on, someone posted on the Facebook. I don't know how true it is or not, but somebody posted on Facebook that there's this woman. And I, I looked at the article, and it was pretty interesting that... For a month, she drank a gallon of water a day and took a picture of her at day one and a picture of her at day 31. All right. And it wasn't like a, a drastic difference in how she looked, but it was noticeable. Like, less baggage under her eyes. She just looked fresher. Like, her face seemed a little bit more glowing. Yeah. I mean, maybe she got knocked up. Who knows? But, you know, like, that. I, thought, I was like, okay. And then you read the article, and it has all these great examples of why drinking that much water is a good thing. So I'm like, I don't know if I could pound down a gallon of water in a day, but I'm sure it's I'll try. You can do a gallon a day. How much is it? This sounds stupid. How much is a gallon? How many ounces? Yeah. That. I don't know. All right. <laughs> well. Hey, tweet us. How many ounces are in a gallon? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know this. Well, I ask Siri? Son of a bitch. Do I know this? I don't know how many grams are in an ounce. <laughs> Doesn't sound weird there, drug addict. <laughs> how many ounces are in a pound? I don't know how to convert them over to these gallons, though, we man. sound about as smart as that news reporter that was trying to, like, correlate a plane crashing with the metric system. Oh, <laughs> All right. Wait, let's ask, I guess, Siri. Maybe she'll know. <laughs> Siri. Siri, 
How many ounces are in a gallon? She don't know. She won't say it. She... One gallon converts to 128 fluid ounces. Damn. That's a lot of ounces. I guess that is a lot more than I was expecting. <laughs> See, you I learned will... something on the Megacast, Ted. <laughs> I will say this. If you do nothing else in life, if you walk and drink water, those are two great advantages. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, she said that in this article, the lady hadn't done anything differently, but she actually did lose some weight when she thought she was going to be more bloated from all the water, but it actually leaned her up. Well, that's another trick I've heard for years, is that before you uh, eat something, yeah, drink a couple glasses of water. Like, just pound some water down to fill yourself up so you're not as hungry. Yeah, I'll tell you the other I one. I didn't do that during the vacation. <sighs> Either did I. Either did I, Steve. <laughs> TED Talks! TED Talks. <laughs> TED Talks. Starring... A little bit ironic, we started this with uh, talking about the guy in the aisle, a little travel. Today's TED Talk, complete opposite of traveling and holidays. Today's word, hibernate. Uh, There's a reason animals do it. There's a reason plants do it. It is winter time, folks. Time to take a little little time off. Let's cool out for a little bit. Kind of hibernate for the winter. I'm well aware of the fact that the Seahawks are playing well. We are in Seattle. Yes. So, of course, playoff games. Go have fun or whatever. But, you know, uh, the next few months, like, it's wintertime. Be like a plant. Be like an animal. Kind of take care of yourself, you know. Uh, Drink this. Drink the water like Steve's doing. and then Fine, uh, I'll drink it. Jeez. (laughs) Stop yelling at me. It'll be springtime before you know it. So, just saying, like, you know, it's wintertime. Like, it's okay. Take, you know, take some time. Hibernate. Chill out. I could do that. Yeah. In fact, I did that the entire time we were off. Well, right. O- outside of the, the delicious dips and food, that's the, I'm not saying hibernate with food with that kind of stuff like I've been doing. I'm saying hibernate, like eat good food, drink yeah. your water. Take yeah. care of your body. Yeah, it's wintertime. You know, mm-hmm. heal up the wounds a little bit. It's funny you mentioned the Seahawks. I, I'm sure you spent the entire weekend watching football and yeah. uh, a lot of yesterday's game. I, I was talking with Fitz down the hall because he's a Cowboys fan. And I was saying, I'm sure you were losing your ass during that game. But as a guy who had was not a fan of either team, one of the more entertaining games to watch. Yes. It was just insane. It, it sort of, as a Hawks fan, I got nervous rather quickly. First two plays, it's 14 nothing, And I'm like, I don't know if we want to play these Lions. They look pretty fierce. I, when I saw Golden Tate catch that touchdown, I was like, he's coming back to Seattle. And he's going to win, and it's going to be awful, and all this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, this is like, I'm already thinking worst case scenario. And then, then it wound up becoming the Lions we expect and the Cowboys we expect and then it was a battle of who's trying to lose less. Yeah. I just like growing up as a Redskins fan, I always hated the Cowboys. Yeah. So even to this day, I still just hate the Cowboys. And and Tony Romo is an awesome athlete. He's a great quarterback. And he's had some fun with certain women, which I, I respect. I just prefer to watch him choke in the playoffs. And I know he's not a choker. I'm just saying. Right. Like yesterday, I kept going, come on, Romo, throw that pick. Like, throw the pick. Have the fumble. You know you want to. Just do it, man. He's like football's Charlie Brown. Like, he keeps going for that great moment. And then just, what, Lucy, she just pulls that ball away. Yeah. Because yeah. I was with you. I'm pretty sure you were with us in that suite. Yes. When, when, when that happened with the kick years ago in the playoffs. I think a handful of us almost went over the ledge of the suite because we started jumping on each other. Yeah. Right by the edge of it. Yeah. <laughs> And then we realize, oh, wait, an accident is about to happen. We'll probably crush someone underneath us. We need to tone it back or celebrate closer to the food. And Christ, it's 2015, so that had to be uh, eight, nine years ago? Yeah. 2007, 2008? Right? Wow. Look at that. We've been been around together for a while. It's about time this megacast happened. (laughs) All these years. Took us this long to put it together. 
Yeah, and, and then there was that part where like he throws the touchdown and he's on the ground. And I don't know why like it bothered me, but it kind of did. Maybe it's just because I do enjoy seeing him fail as well when he was just slamming his hands against the turf and his face is still in the turf. And I'm like, get up. Celebrate like a big boy. What are you doing out there? <laughs> <laughs> like, meanwhile, if I threw a game-winning touchdown, I probably would like run into the crowd and like hug everybody I possibly can and look like the biggest goober. Yeah. I would totally rip my helmet off and just start sprinting around. <laughs> probably rip off your whole thing and just like, ah! And then spit the water like Triple H. <sighs> Did you watch the Husky uh, Bowl game? Uh, I, I tried, man. It was just kind of, it was kind of saddening. Did you see that big boy they had running? Uh-uh. Oh, man. So now, obviously, I love a fat guy touchdown. You know what I mean? Yeah, ever since uh, the fridge. I mean, how could you not? Right. And I remember one time, I think it was JV football at DeMatha, they let me line up against Mount St. Joe as like mm-hmm. a fullback or whatever. And it was so exciting, right? Plus, you know, the fat defensive lineman, you never touch the football. I don't know right. if people understand that. Like, if you've never played high school sports or anything, like, if you're a defensive lineman, at least offensive linemen are kind of near it. The quarterback might toss it to you. Right. When you're a defensive lineman, you never touch those things. That's like what, when the football is elusive. When Hill scooped that ball up before it hit the ground on the Seahawks and intercepted that, that yeah. what was supposed to be an intentional grounding. I'm sure in his head, he's like, this is amazing. Yeah, you never get to touch the football. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Oklahoma State, as a big fat guy, and he runs in and gets a touchdown. Now, it's against the Huskies. I'm cheering for the Huskies, so I'm kind of like, ah, but I get excited for the fat guy touchdown. So now you fast forward. The Huskies make a good comeback. They have a chance. They give that fat guy a ball out in the flat that he catches, and he rips off like a 40-yard run or something to kind of end the game. And it's oh. like, oh, you don't want to lose the game to a fat guy run, though. Just, yeah, how do you not stop oh, that, dude? It was brutal. Just run in front of him and fall down. <laughs> something. Dude, it was bad. Did you see that monster from Baylor? No. Oh my God, Steve! There's a guy on Baylor. I'm pretty sure is like six nine, like 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 three fifty or something, and he's like in shape. He is massive. Like when we're done this podcast, you got to Google uh, uh, some yeah, pictures. Yeah, I will. Yeah, there's some large men in college football. I was gonna kick out at a dude on the Cowboys. I think it was that uh, had the long hair. And it was, uh, maybe it was the Cowboys or maybe it was the Panthers. They both had like a long hair blonde guy on their team. All right. And uh, Owen Benjamin, the comic, he's like, I didn't realize that the, the member of wing, like a, a member of a winger cover band plays on the team. And I'm like, he kind of does look like a guy that would be like a winger cover band or whatever. A great white cover band or something along those lines. Uh, during the Colts game, Colts, they, they win their game. Yep. And I'm a big fan of whenever they show footage in the locker room of the celebration. I always, I just love that kind of stuff. Like especially with the Hawks, it's always great hearing Pete Carroll give his uh, emotional speech after the fact, showing some love for the players. Uh, but there was a guy on the on, on we the, all we got, yeah, we all we need <laughs> together, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about the Hawks at some point all because right. I did have a, a very interesting encounter with the Seahawk over the weekend. An actual Seahawk or a yes, player? I'm a member of the team. All right. Yes. Well, uh, wait, well maybe just actual like a bird. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> Like, I'm like, is there a difference between a Seahawk and a player? I thought maybe like the bird tried to eat poor Lulu or something, and you had to like rescue her. The one that comes out the tunnel? Why is he in Puyallup? I don't know. Why was he landing on old dude's heads? That's a good that point. bird does what he wants, Steve. That was awesome. When that bird landed. YouTube that if you haven't seen it. The, the, the Seahawk bird that comes out of the tunnel just went rogue for a minute. I want to call him Mordecai, but that's not that bird's name. It's like Tama or Tama, something right. like that. And he just lands on some dude's head. I mean, that, 
<laughs> like it's I a wild stu- bird. It's a wild bird with huge like nails or talons. Yeah. The worst thing is it lands on the guy's head. He has the obvious reaction of being scared. Like, get this bird off my effing head. And then it just lands on the shoulder of the lady next to him. <laughs> oh, oh, are you serious? Jesus Christ. We didn't even get to the Colts guy. We didn't even get to anything. We're we're way off the rails, Ted. We got to regroup and figure this out. <laughs> All right. Maybe we'll do it afterwards. Uh, I didn't get to talk about chicken yet. <laughs> Well, when we come back, we are going to talk about a big problem amongst the two of us. We, we tend to talk about us getting older and, and aging and just the things that have changed over our lives because we've grown older. And something hit me over the weekend. I brought it up to Ted before we started the show, and he gave me this look like as if he's dealing with it as well. Are we crying too much? Aye. Are we becoming too sensitive? Are, are we, we gonna, criers? Are we a bunch of crybabies on this mega cast? We'll talk about that after this. The mega cast will be back. It's time to funk it up. I said funk. F. G. N. K. Don't believe me, just why? Don't believe me, just why? Don't believe me, just why? Hey, over 911. Now there's a dispatch service just for stupid emergencies. 9-dumb-1. Hello, 9-dumb-1. I pulled into McDonald's to get my order. The lady who didn't, you know, who took my order, she didn't get my order right. Thank you for your vigilance. This country owes you a great debt. At 9-dumb-1, we're here to believe you no matter how drunk or stupid you sound. 9-dumb-1, can you please describe the Bigfoot creature? It looks like a giant ape with a man's face. The next time you have a dumb emergency, pick up the phone and call 9-Dumb-1. 9-Dumb-1. I'm heading for Wachovia Bank. I've got a note. I just want to rob this bank and go to prison. Sir, unless your note contains badly misspelled words, I'm afraid this call is simply not dumb enough. This one. It's heavy as the mega cast is back. Whitney takes Smith and Steve. This is heavy as F. I don't know what goes on in that lady's life, man. I think she's just getting more and more uh, surly. Or surly? I think she's getting more and more gangster. Yeah. She's just, <laughs> just Grace, our Australian voice girl. Yeah. She's a robot and she's crazy. Yeah. Because she, in the last few episodes, she says she wants to do Adam Levine. Yeah. Uh, she, we all know she's in love with the Coco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Why don't you bring up the Coco? She's dropping F-bombs. <laughs> I know we got to talk about us being too sensitive or not, and this is probably going to lead to us not even getting to the subject, but you brought up the Coco. Uh, for those of you that don't know the Coco song, 
Um, where is it? Right Have here. you noticed this song everywhere now, by the way? Yes. All right, I told you. I'm in love Dude, I'm watching um, Game Day on Q13 after the Hawks win. And they're interviewing all of the players. In the background, this song is playing on every interview. I got baking soda. So... Last week we were off. I had the opportunity on the STP cast to interview John Ryan and his now fiance, comedian Sarah Colonna. They were great. So good pull. Oh, dude, it was awesome. It just worked out great because we were off the air. Your guys were off the air. I'm like, I'll come in for this. This will be fun. Yeah. And had a great time. We talked for like almost an hour, and they were really cool and fun. But I brought up. We had Sarah on the men's room. She was great. Dude, she's awesome. Yeah. And my wife brought up a great point. She's not like your typical comic that she comes in and is like trying to be the funniest person in the room. She just is. Yeah. She's just a conversationally funny person. And then we went and saw her at the uh, part of the live. Nice. And my wife hates stand-up comedy. But she's like, all right, I'll go. I met her. She seemed cool. They hit it off. We go to the show. In tears, we're laughing so much, man. She was so funny. She was filthy. Crying again, huh, Steve? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Perfect perfect example. We're just a bunch <laughs> of crybabies. But uh, while we had uh, John Ryan on, I brought up the song, and I, I was like, I got to play this for Ted, because I, I, I asked him about the Coco song. Right. And here's the clip. I heard uh, when they were doing the interviews after the game, the music playing in the background was uh, that, that Coco song. The, oh, the love with the Coco. Yeah. Where it just goes, bacon soda. Yeah. I got bacon soda. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a random song to have playing in the it, locker room. It's like become like our anthem for some reason lately, and oh. I'm so sick of it. You're like, enough with the Coco yeah, song. Yeah. Oh, my God. Terrible. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. John Ryan's not a fan of the Coco. Yeah, I can imagine if you hear that song over and over. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that had to be like a month ago. Right, we were sitting in Steve's office, and I, we were talking about bumpers for the Megacast, and I go, you heard this one? And he's like, no. And I'm like, no. we got to. No. I mean, you're like, we have to play this. I'm in love with the coco. <laughs> I mean, the lyrics, everything else, like everything about the song is bad, right? It's stupid. But for a raps, it just what, that's it just hits hard. Oh, it's, it's the it's beat. It's like a, right. Just like, ugh. I can understand why it feels like it's like one of those songs like you and I played it for my wife while after the interview. She's like, what is this Coco song that you're talking about? I'm in love with the Coco. So as we're driving to the EMP after the interview, we were going to check out some of the stuff over there. Um, we're just blasting it while driving. And I'm like, this does not look normal. Like the two That's whitest so people. That's so gangster. I just pictured your wife like, yeah. grilling people as the song's yeah. blaring. Uh, she's like, yeah, I get it. The beat's pretty cool. The song is stupid, but the beat is pretty cool. Trust me, I was talking to everybody back home about it. Oh, it's great. I love the, this song. I don't even know who sings it. I don't know if it's a West Coast group. I guy. don't remember. It could I, be one random dude. I have no idea. I, I saw the name, and it's like some name that I don't even remember, like Style Grizzy or something like that. Style Grizzy? It might not be Style Grizzy. I don't know. Style Grizzy B. Yeah, Style Grizzy. Or Style Grizzy P. Yeah, that sounds like a rapper. So we talked about, <laughs> are we becoming too sensitive, Ted? And, uh, I was about to say, there's a great comment about being old. Yeah. <laughs> We're just, that sounds like one of them rapper names. One of those gangster rappers. God damn. We're getting old and we're getting sensitive, Ted. Yes. And I don't, I got, okay, so the Stuart, Stuart Scott stuff, man. Like, I, I, I've always been a fan of Stuart. I think all of us have been fans of Stuart Scott. I think for us, our generation, we probably relate to that guy. And someone brought it up on their Twitter, like, hey, I, you know, I never thought I'd be one of those people that would be torn up about a celebrity dying. And I always thought it was silly when people got upset about it, but. With Stuart Scott passing, I get it. 
And I, I think you and I are like, we're not your stereotypical radio personalities. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think maybe that's why I've always connected with Stuart and always saw him as like an inspiring figure is because he wasn't your stereotypical sports anchor. When we were, no. we were both, what, like high school when Stuart Scott was doing his thing, maybe even a little bit younger for you. And I'm like, this guy is not your, st- he's not your typical dude. And then to me, and I know for a lot of, uh, for, for black broadcasters, it, it opened a whole new door for them. And I even saw like, you know, the guys from the barbershop, the, the show on uh, 710, talking some pretty eloquent stuff and some powerful words about how uh, much of an impact he had. But as even like as someone who's not a black dude, as a white dude who didn't think I'd be able to do the radio thing because I wasn't your stereotypical radio guy and I didn't sound like a radio guy. Seeing a guy like him just break a barrier of what is expected to be that person kind of hit me. I think with Stuart Scott, too, it's like, look, I, I love Stuart Scott. I also loved making fun of Stuart Scott. Oh, of course. Like, I remember the first time I saw Daniel Tosh at the Moore Theater, he had a whole bit just on Stuart Scott. And yeah. I thought it was just the funniest thing ever. Remember the SNL bits, too. Yeah. They used to, they used to just have a blast with them. BYOB. Bring your own booyah. <laughs> booyah. <laughs> so I think I think the the biggest thing I noticed yesterday when everybody talking about him stuff is is you're right. I guess I think I just not think, but I just for granted took what he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You so sure, yeah. he's been around. I mean, he, you know, for me, he'd been around almost my whole like my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. And you're right. He must have showed up what mid 90s? Yeah, I'm feeling like like 93ish maybe. Right. So yeah. like the formidable years cuz for me Keith Overman and Dan Patrick our sure. sports center. Yeah. That's the big show, Sunday night. But then, right, when Stuart Scott came in, I remember the first time I went to Disney World, and they and they had hats that just said ESPN Sports Center on the back and just said, booyah. Yeah. And I remember my uncle Phil got one, and he thought it was the greatest hat, and we were like, these are unbelievable. These hats say booyah on them. <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's, like, yesterday, I'm with you. I, you know, and I knew he had been sick, and I yeah. felt bad for him and everything, but then when he actually passed away, I was like, holy cow. Like, I did not realize the impact the guy actually had on our industry and just yeah. our lexicon. and like, plus, like, I forgot Booyah came from him until they brought it up again. And I'm like, oh, man, all these years, I always say Booyah. And I forgot that started. That's him. Yeah. Or cooler than the other side of the pillow. Oh, what like a that, great line. Right? He had some awesome lines yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, all that's... And, yeah. It, it, I just like the fact that everybody said, like, this is what he was going to do on the air, and he stuck with it. Yeah, and he didn't care. He was just like, yo, I'm, I'm, I know that there's going to be people that are going to hate on me for how I am, but I'm going to be me. Yeah. And I think now we take it for granted. Everyone gets to be themselves uh, in, the, in the eyes of a camera or in the eyes of a, or in the ears of a listener. You're not the person that sounds like the perfect broadcaster. And, and, and I, man, it just it floors it's me how much of an impact. Right, and it's mainstream. And granted, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Like, it, it happened at the right time. Sure. Stuart Scott shows up on SportsCenter. You know, I'll argue that 1994 is the quintessential year in, in rap music, especially gangster yeah. rap. Mm-hmm. You know, Biggie's album comes. So all this stuff, that hip-hop culture is kind of coming together at the same time. But That's he made point. it acceptable for everybody. Like, we don't think about it now, but, like, there's 45-year-old white dudes who just use the word swag. Like, in sure. common, you know what I mean? Like, we're in a corporate setting. We have we have people above, way above our pay grade that use these terms. Who might be listening to the Coco song on the way home from work. Right. We don't know. Right. So you're right. Like, he had a huge impact with all that stuff. And you watch, like, I, I remember watching the, the, the speech, of course, that everybody's been playing, the Jimmy V speech, which, I mean, 
it was powerful at the time. And there was a part that I think made me realize I am getting older. And, 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 and I'll play the clip. And it's not the typical clip that everyone's been hearing, which isn't a great. I mean, everything that he said about living life and that he's not that, you know, he's not losing the fight against cancer. And I mean, when, when he said it's in the manner in which you live and fight like hell and all that, that's. So powerful, but the part that got me was when he brought up his daughter. Oh, I know. You don't even have to say it. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, and the thing is, is that when he, when he's, and I'm guessing you have the clip, but when he yeah. says, "Will you come up here? Dad needs a hug." Oh, like it's brutal, right? I'm getting because yeah. he's saying it to her, but to everybody else too. Because here's a guy who, I mean, at one of his last moments of being in front of a microphone, still was just being himself. Like I thought that our, that that was like exemplified who Stuart Scott was. That he's just like I don't care that this is a, a speech right now. I'm feeling this moment. I need a hug. And I was like, here's the clip. My Lulus Angel is here. My 14 year old. Sydney, come up here and give Dad a hug because I need one. Oh. I want to say thank you, ESPN. Thank you, ESPYS. Thank all of you. Have a great rest of your night and have a great rest of your life. And there's something about like how he timed it too that made it even so much more like powerful. It was almost like out of a movie because she walks up as they're applauding and then he finishes his last two lines and as he finishes that last line, she reaches that final step and they embrace. And it was like, oh man, just... I mean, heartwarming. <laughs> it's gut-wrenching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's such a touching moment. And as a guy who's gotten older, I'm 40 now, and I, and my wife and I have been talking about, you know, I, I just see that because, you know, we, I like to have a, a kid one day, and of course I'm not getting any younger, but like I see moments like that, and I'm just like, man, that's, that, that was just like a great father-daughter moment. Like, I mean, how anyone, yeah. as someone who's trying to have a kid... That was hard to watch. I can't even imagine what it would be like to watch if you are a parent and you get that love and that that moment of needing that. And it was, I don't know, man. It was just like that. That floored me. That waterworks. Like I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna. Have, have you seen the Rich Eisen thing? Oh, that's what. I won't watch it. I I read about it on Twitter. Okay, so I won't play it. Oh God, you loaded it up. <laughs> I Steve, have it. I, have, I don't even know. If I want to play it. I have not. I have not watched oh. it. I've only heard about it. I I retweeted like one of Rich I, a note from his wife. Yeah, but I was like, I don't know that I really can watch it right now. I'm afraid it's going to be too rough. That's the only thing I will say about Stuart Scott too. Of all the things you've ever heard about Stuart Scott, people might like Tosh. You know, would take shots at it, and and you know what I mean. It, it's comedy. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. People will take shots at him for the booyahs and this and that and the fact that maybe he talked a little more hood than he was. Yeah. But nobody ever said, like, this is a bad guy. No. Or, like, this guy was getting caught doing this or that. Like, you didn't hear anything ever. Like, no. I, don't, I mean, you've worked in the radio long, you know, longer than I have. Like, I've never, I've heard, never a heard a bad, story. bad word about him. No, no one ever said, oh, I met him and he was a douche. Everyone said, I met him and he took time to talk to me. And it's like, oh, man, we can all learn a little bit about how to be in life by that kind of an example. Right, because uh, I'm not going to say him here, but I can rattle off about four or five mainstream <laughs> names on the sure. Center, right, yeah. that we have heard stories about. Or we've experienced firsthand that are grade A douches. Yeah. And it's like, I never heard that about him. And. Man, the, the rich. I won't play it because it is tough, man. And I, he had to report that news ten minutes after he found out. Yeah. That, oh, I know the story. That's why. I and don't. and and the stuff he shared about him. I mean, the fact that he was able to pull it together. And yeah, he was crying and he was fighting back tears and he was choking up while he was doing it. But man, it was like, it was like one of those moments where I already liked Rich Eisen as it was. But man, it, it like 
it took him to a whole nother level of a this is a guy that clearly had a lot of love for this person that, that was a true friendship uh it made me think of you I'm not nice. gonna lie, like because I think about like you know you you put yourself in those positions. Like, is there somebody that you feel would have that that it would you know when you work with somebody? Is there that person like a Stuart Scott or a Rich Eisen where you're like, I don't know if I could report that. Like, and I'm not hoping that there'll ever be a time where I'd have to. Like, of course, but you know you think about who are the people in my life that are important to me, and I think of course about my wife and all that. But I don't work right. with her. I think about you because I mean. I think people, as they'll learn as we do this podcast, this podcast is happening because we love each other sure. and we're great friends and we always have fun hanging out. So why don't we share that excitement and that positivity with people who might enjoy it that would download it? Uh, so when I, when I saw that, man, it made me think a lot about you and it was pretty powerful and you don't need to watch the Rich Eisen. The Rich Eisen thing. I mean, I'll watch it eventually. I just know, like, it's funny because... We we wrote down this topic about being sensitive and crying about yeah. stuff, right? Like, I, it's funny. I was thinking the same thing when I saw that clip over and over. That's another thing I want to say. Is it about? Because I always get in this argument with parents. It's like I think it's just being older. Because like mm-hmm. even I saw that. I, like I ain't married. I don't even know if I'm ever going to be married, much less right. have children. But even for me, that was like that is touching and yeah, gut wrenching. That, that was as real as it got. Like I mean, yeah. the, the speech was powerful, but the speech was rehearsed. The speech was written. That wasn't written, and if it was, man, the guy's an amazing actor. But it was like it was like he got caught up in that moment, and he needed that. And it was like yeah. so. It was like, oh, you're being so real during such a tough time in front of millions of people, including the people that you usually report on, like these star athletes. And you're being so vulnerable, and you just don't give an f. And because you don't give an f, everyone is so. Nobody is like looking at him like, oh, that's weak. Everyone's like, that's. That's respect right there. It's true strength. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Plus, in that moment too, besides all the people in the room, you know, as a as a parent, you're you're always mm-hmm. there to comfort for the kid. You're always yeah. there. You're always worried about him, this and that. So it's kind of it's, it's it's the ultimate vulnerability too to say like I need that hug from you. Yeah, and you can see when he embraces her, like he needs that love. Uh, it's it's such a, a, a amazing sight, and I, I mean, I would imagine that as hard as it is for his daughters, and especially the youngest one, Sydney. I mean, I would imagine that's a moment that she'll always have and cherish. Oh, of course. Well, you know, our, our our timer sometimes picks the worst time to decide to say, "Hey, shut up, you guys," or maybe it's a good time. But I don't know. I don't know how people are feeling right now, Steve. Yeah, we're probably bumming people out a little bit. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's all right. I'm with you. Like, and that's part of the thing about doing the mega cast too is we can have these talks. Sometimes we're going to talk. You know, we even had an intro at one point for when we talk about serious stuff. It's now time for the Megacast to talk about serious. Serious. You're not serious. Don't say serious. I say serious. You want to get serious? Let's get serious. You can't have serious. Don't say serious. Serious. We didn't get really to. Didn't know we were going to go down that road. We could have played it first. We should have. Man, that's a great way to end this segment. Yeah, all right. Well, let's take a quick break. We're done talking about... I had a few other examples of why I tear up, but I don't think we need well, to talk about it. Well, those are such powerful ones. Yeah. All I was going to say was, you know, I was decorating my tree and got a little sentimental and almost cried. But then I, now I feel like a bitch compared to what we just talked about. Jesus. I was going to say, my wife caught me crying when we were watching Undercover Boss on Netflix. <laughs> You did you feel for the boss, or was it the guy he was working with? I like it when they give those people money and they're dealing with some tough times. 
And the one that teared me up, we were watching the one about the tilted kilt. The girls at the pool. Oh, that place skirt. is awesome. That place brings a tear to my eye for different reasons. Yeah. But then they got this girl who's got kids and one's autistic and all these hard things and her dad's sick. And the owner of the place just hooked her up with a ass ton of cash. Oh, man. It was heart-wrenching. <laughs> all right, we got to regroup. <laughs> Sorry, man. Just like, hot chicks, undercover boss, Steve's in tears. <laughs> and my wife busted me. All right. Let's take a- you, might, you might have had a better shot getting busted watching porn, brother. <laughs> Are you watching this because of those women? No, I'm watching it because my emotional needs want it, honey. Yes. I just want to see good things having a good people. Who happen to have their breasts just out there for everyone to look at. Sometimes me and Lulu cry. <laughs> and this is one of those moments. I guess technically Lulu and I. <laughs> Grammar police. <laughs> All right. We'll regroup. <laughs> we'll figure out what we're going to do next during this break. Because <laughs> everything's off the rails. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. If I was two bang dudes, these two would not be my type. Oh, come on. The mega cast will be back. Lighting up local planetariums for nearly 40 years. But lasers have advanced and are for more than just getting stoned and watching a choreographed light show. Introducing Laser Floyd Surgical Centers, your favorite pink songs choreographed to your laser surgery. You can now get Laser Floyd Eye Surgery. Oh, wow. Look at all the pretty colors. Laser Floyd Spider Vein Removal. Oh, my God. This is so amazing. And now, Laser Floyd Toenail Fungus Treatment. <laughs> it tickles. And it's freaking awesome. And all of our procedures are pain-free because we keep our patients comfortably numb. And what could go better with pain meds than the music of Pink Floyd? Yeah. Laser Pink Floyd Surgery Centers. You're not just another brick in the wall with us. And it won't cost you a ton of money. Call today. Medical marijuana recipients welcome. The cast is bad, and they don't suck, unlike this song, which sucks, and it hurts my ears. Wow. Clearly, Grace is not a Fallout Boy fan. I, I just found out that was Fallout Boy, and I love college football, and I like that song. But if you watch college football, 
Oh my God, they have worn that song out. Oh, they're doing it with the NHL and hockey too. Jesus Christ, dude, that's all they play is that damn song. It's like every year they find that one song and they just beat it to the damn ground. Yeah, like I knew that song already for centuries. And then uh, my nephew, he was like, "Mom, want to download Fallout Boy?" And we we're like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's Fallout Boy, centuries." I thought it was Maroon Five this whole time. I had no idea. I was like, oh, some high pitched. Screeching guy. Steve, I didn't even know Fallout Boy was still around. I yeah. thought that band kind of came and went. I'm not sure. I'm pretty, they probably stayed and never went anywhere. And weren't they like a pop punk band for a while? I'm, I'm a lot of guys in eyeliner, right? Yeah, yeah. And is the, Pete Wentz? Yeah, the bassist is the obnoxious, annoying guy. That's why I thought the band left. Because yeah. Pete Wentz, in his defense, kind of made his own celebrity stuff. Oh, yeah. But yeah, fashion and and what Ashley Simpson was. Oh, I can't believe I know this crap. But yeah, they dated Ashley Simpson. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no, there's how old we are. She's the not relevant. Other song was a big, the, the one I know what you did in the dark. The letter wrote wrote wrote. I'm on fire. Have you ever heard that one? I'm not sure I recognize it as you're Dang singing it. it. I would suck at humdinger. <laughs> in my head, it sounds great. This is what my. <laughs> never mind. All right, let's humdinger. talk about yeah. humdinger. You know, cranium. Where you have yeah. to hum the song. Oh. And you have to guess what song. Steve, it's one of the drawbacks of the single lifestyle. You don't play Cranium much. You don't get game night. Yeah. You know what I mean? I haven't had a good game night in forever. Now, BJ has game nights, but they're like very cerebral games. Like, it's all about like six hour, like, I'm an agent and you got to figure out if I'm a secret agent and I'm going to have all these clues. And it's like, it's almost like Magic the Gathering meets Dungeons and Dragons meets some other things and it's it just sounds like it's too much of a damn like too much like for no, me I'm to, talking more like game night of yeah. like you break out some games there's couples yeah, maybe fun. a couple friendly single people yeah uh, and then yeah you're drinking <laughs> we used to do that we used to yeah. go to Thrill's place and we'd play Cranium yeah yeah and we'd get serious sometimes I think I was dating somebody then Steve I'm telling you single people don't get invited to game night <laughs> Or it's like, let's go to a bar and do trivia. I don't want to do trivia in a bar. Maybe we need to have like a special mega cast party. Well, this is, of course, thinking out loud. And when we have a producer yelling at our ear every 15 minutes to shut up, I probably shouldn't do this. But we should have like a game night. Yeah. Like have a sign up and we just like up and we go somewhere and we play Cranium <laughs> to fulfill our game night needs. So, I mean, technically, I have a one bedroom. You have a house. Looks like we're partying at Steve's house. I was thinking we can bug like the Spitfire folks. <laughs> Can we have the back room for a game night? For game night? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll talk to CEO. Talk to Matt over yeah. from yeah. B-Podcast. Yeah, make hey, it CEO, happen. can we borrow your house? <laughs> yeah, can you grow up some steaks and we'll have a game night? We're inviting a bunch of people. We haven't met them, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm sure nobody will mind. No. <laughs> and if you lose, you got to go jump in the lake. Yeah. Fair enough. In, and swim home. In February. It's a game night slash polar bear club. <laughs> Ted, how was your weekend? How was your vacation, man? Man, that also sounds like some creepy term. It's a game night, also a bear club. What's that, homie? <laughs> what are we going to? I said it's game night and polar bear club. Yes. It's in a month, so you have enough time to grow that facial hair. Maybe you're going to be one of the smooth guys. Anyhow, uh, Steve, the trip home was, uh, was, was quite lovely. Yeah, you got to see Old Effer. Did see Old Effer. We went to a place. Uh, you've had crab cakes before, right? Yeah. So this one place uh, where I grew up in PG County, Maryland, outside of D.C., called Jerry Seafood. 
and they have a thing that's called the crab bomb. And I want to say, is it like 10 ounces or... It's a lot of ounces of just crab meat. Is it blue crab or are you guys using... Blue crab. Okay, Maryland because blue, crab. blue crab's big over there. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they take the crab meat and kind of like... Uh, you ever had crab imperial? I crab imperial is kind of like blue crab meat with like some mayonnaise and sometimes it's stuffed into a flounder. Well, that sounds delicious, doesn't it? I'd eat it. So then a crab cake has like breading and the crab meat in there. Yeah. This crab bomb is somewhere in between there. There's not as much mayonnaise and stuff as the imperial... But it's not as much filler as a crab cake. And they just call it the crab bomb. And it comes out in one of those little silver ceramic, or ceramic? One of those dishes, I don't know, that you heat stuff up in the oven. Like a skillet thing? No, you know, like a... A pan? Ceramic? I think ceramic's the word I'm looking for, right? Like what they do to creme brulee in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like one of those things, you know? Or maybe like a hearty stew. Or like like a a pot onion kind of, like that... I know what you're talking about Yeah, like one of those dishes. Uh... So that thing's delicious. Ceramic bowl? Yeah. (laughs) Me and old F are eight there. Uh, Me and my mom went out one night and got a steak. Uh, What else was I going to say? So my cousins, that was a fun day, man. We sat at my cousin's house and had a, uh, we had a whole thing of that uh, apple pie. Oh, the drink. Like in an actual mason jar? Yeah. Man, we went through a a thing of that. And you could get, like, you don't realize how drunk you're getting because it's usually not very strong, the alcohol. Yeah. And, and it ham- it, you'll get hammered. Plus, Steve has been over to my house before when I've had some get-togethers. And years yeah. ago, you came over once when my mom was in town for Easter. Yes. So the Smiths, and I do this, proud I, proud our, pride ourselves on dips. I'm famous for this sausage dip I make, mm-hmm. which I stole from my family's recipe. My mom makes a great spinach dip, this and that. So we get over to my cousin Tom's. There's all the dips you expect from the Smiths, right? Yeah. There's, you know, there's things of nacho cheese. There's things of meatball, you know... Uh, uh, crock pots full of meatballs. There's pizzas, right? There's all the dips you could want. This sounds like heaven, dude. It was when you're so married good. to a vegan and you hear these stories. This sounds like heaven, right? And my buddy Alex had driven Meat. me up, so just crushing beers. He's not drinking. We're having a good time. And then uh, <clears throat> towards the end of it, plus my aunt Barbara made a whole thing of ziti. You, I mean, it's good East Coast kind of get together, right? But my cousins, they've taken all healthy the, food. Oh yeah, yeah. They've taken the dip dip game to another level, Steve. They have a dessert dip now. I, it's not cookie dough, but they call it cookie dough dip, and it, it came out in the shape of a football, right? And then they put little uh, chocolate chips on it, so it looked like a football. Okay. And then you would take pretzels and just scoop out this dip, and it tasted like cookie dough. What, so what was it? Well, I'm guessing sugar and eggs and other stuff, okay. but I mean, it wasn't actual cookie dough. I don't know what it was, Steve. I was very confused, and I just realized at this point- Just going to embrace it. The Smiths have jumped the shark. <laughs> Like, we're, now we're dipping for dessert, too? <laughs> like, you've run out of ideas for, like, the regular, like, appetizers and entree dips. Right. It's, it's, it's time for the dessert dip. I like the idea of a dessert dip, though. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Mm-hmm. Everybody ate it. It just, I was like, oh, man. Man, the Smiths. And, like, yeah, I was trying to describe that to other people, but you just can't. Like, you, you got to go to a Smith, like, holiday celebration and see the dips. <sighs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. Our family get-together was uh, an interesting one, because every year I play Santa Claus. Oh, I saw the picture you tweeted right. out. Yeah, and it's it's the most nerve-wracking day of my life. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Christmas Eve. So okay. my Christmas Eve starts off like this. I wake up, a bunch of the boys, we get together and we go play hockey. Uh, it's a way to just burn some calories before we know we're going to pig out. So for it's, it's a four-hour skate, and usually people come and go as they please. But yeah, I did a 30-minute stair workout. I thought I was only going to do like an hour and a half or so, and then other goalies will show up. Well, no other goalie showed up except for myself and then two others, but one had to leave, 
as the other one was showing up. So I played the entire time. Oi. So I'm like ready to eat. I'm like lightheaded, but I'm like, I'm going to wait till time to eat with the, with the family. You know, yeah. I might as well, I did all this exercising. I might as well now put all the calories back on with all the fun food we're about to eat. That's what you got to do. But before we eat, Santa's got to show up for the kids. And so when everybody starts showing up, I get hushed off into, or, you know, they, they, they send me off to a, a bedroom at my grandma's house, grandma-in-law, and I got to go get dressed up as Santa. And they tell, like, the younger kids, which right now at this point, it's one. There's like an eight-year-old, and she still has hope that Santa is around. You know what I right. mean? So she's still got the Christmas spirit. So they want to make sure that she doesn't know. So, and I guess she was asking, hey, where's Steve? Like, oh, he went, he went to go get some bread. All right. Yeah. Next thing you know, Santa shows up. Just so happens every year Steve's got something to do when Santa shows up. But, you know, fine. Yeah. I figured by now, most I think everybody else gets it that Steve is Santa. But, you know, whatever. So there's only two kids. Well, there's a bunch of other kids, but they're but all they're older, like 13, 12, all like right. 11. They kind of know that, you know. They, they know they, how much bread is needed. Yeah. They know that Steve <laughs> is not getting bread. And why does Santa not have any shoes on when he walks in the house? And why is Steve's shoes still in the house? I think there's lots of, you know, there's lots of little, like, you know, hints. <laughs> so anyway, so I come out, ho, ho, ho. And it's so nerve-wracking because it's like, you know, it's not, my, I mean, it is my family now, but I didn't grow up with them. So there's still like that, you know, I'm still always trying to look my best and be my best. So there's that 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 stress that I put on myself then I'm going to suck as Santa. And every year I think I suck. And every year they tell me that I'm fine. But I think I suck. Like, I'm like, I don't have anything to say. I don't got to Do they say you're feel. good or they say no, you're they, fine? They say I'm great. They, they, they all say, right, all right. They, they, yeah, I would feel so confident if they are just like, you did a fine job, Steve. You did fine. It was okay. Go, go get some eggnog. <laughs> you did fine. So I walk in. Everybody sits on my lap, which is also kind of like, the reason why I think it's weird for me is because I'm not comfortable asking these kids to sit on my lap. You don't have kids yet. Right. And when you don't have kids, right, it's a big, like... And I know I'm married in now. So, right, but they're yeah. not yours. Right, and say, I, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right being like, hey, girl, hey, you know, Sally, come sit on Santa's lap. You know? <laughs> so then what do I do? Hey, I, look, man, I ain't playing Santa. I hear you, brother. Oh. <laughs> so I'm trying to walk that line of not being, coming off as a creepy Santa, even though they wouldn't think it, I would. And yeah. It, it just, uh, it would throw me off. So I'm doing my best. Everything goes down. I wind up flirting with, with, with Sydney during it. And they're like, Santa. And she looks at me and goes, Santa, I'm a married woman. And I go, that's all right. Santa's married too. And I realize this is getting a little perverted. Oh, I like it, Steve. I like it. Put moves on Sydney. Mrs. Claus ain't around. Where's Steve? Getting bread. What's going on? Yeah, Steve probably hangs out with our voice lady. Yeah. Or Santa probably hangs out with our voice lady. <laughs> so Santa leaves, gives him the gifts. He's out. It's like the longest 10 minutes of my life. And they all want pictures. And it's fun. And I'm glad I could do it because it brings joy to everybody there. And I love everybody. But it's nerve-wracking. It's like, oh, I come back. And that's when things get kind of awkward because that girl is now kind of onto it. Like, I think it's starting to, like, gel in her head because she's like, Sis, you miss Santa. And it's just her and I right by a dip. All right. <laughs> it's funny you bring up dip. Like I'm dipping. Dip it's like a French onion dip and it's delicious and I'm dipping pretzel in it. And she's I like. I pictured you just nervously dipping now. Yeah. So now I'm like, yeah, because it's just her and I. And she's like, so uh, you miss Santa again. I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, where were you? I'm like, oh, I had to go get some bread. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
And this is when it's like the moment of just pure panic comes on me because she goes, which one did you have to get? We already had bread. I go, the one over there. I didn't get that one. She goes, that was there before you, uh, before when I got here. Oh, well, I had to get more of it. Well, where is it? I'm like, it's in the other room. I didn't see it go in the other room. I'm like, oh, come on, kid. Now you know. Where's everybody else for the help, Steve? Right? I'm like, they're all in the other room. And then I'm like, well, also I had to get some of that bread, too. She's like, which which one? I'm like, the one that uh, grandma's making right now. It's like the kind of, like the Pillsbury kind that you pop and sure. roll. She's like, she was already doing that before you, when I got here. I'm like, well, I got more just in case, because I know everybody likes that bread. And she's like, oh. And that's when my wife finally walks in. I go, hey, babe. <laughs> Please help me. Pull me from this. Like, it was so, like, it was like a, a Mexican standoff between her and I. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know it. You know that I'm Santa. But now you're effing with me. And I don't know what to do. And I suck at lying. So I'm like trying to be like, I got some bread. And she's calling me out on everything I say. And I'm like, ah. Oh, I just wanted to leave, man. I was like, I'm out. I gotta go. I don't know, man. I mean, this is not, this will not sound too uh, holiday spirit-ish out of me, but I think if I was playing that role of Santa, I would have to knock back some, some yeah. a strong eggnog or a, I don't know, a rum and coke or something before I could and engage And there's no alcohol that. in the Yes, house. I know they're not boozers. At like, all. There's oh, no booze. Man. Now I get why probably Grandpa's like, I'm glad I don't have to be Santa anymore. I don't have to deal with the awkward. He probably had to deal with it, though on a much more extreme level because there's like six or seven kids that already have moved on past the Christmas spirit phase of their life. So he's already probably had the the Inquisition. Yeah, and I'm not saying get wasted, but I, w- I would need a, a pop or two to get... Just a little off the edge. <laughs> yeah. I, should, I should bring like an airplane bottle with me next time, maybe some fireball. I was going to say, man, I, uh, I call Santa, fireball holiday cheer. Your breath smells like cinnamon. <laughs> Don't worry about it, kid. Right. You thought Santa was taking chances last year with Sydney. <laughs> Wait till you see Santa this year. Well, doing the first year I was Santa, there was a couple that had figured it out, and they wanted to bust me. So they kept trying to open the door that I was in getting dressed. Thankfully, I, I told Santa, like, lock the door. She's like, why? I'm like, just lock the door. And she locks the door as they, she heard them come in. And within seconds, door now, the handle's being rattled, like, trying to open the door. I'm like, that's why I told you to lock the door. Yeah. I'm like, because they, they want to bust Santa. Kids want to bust him. You know, I think next year you're just gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to stay at the rink and have a couple more chorus lights roll in as Santa. Santa rolls out, and then you show up. There's no questions. <laughs> right? This year, Steve 2015, the Inquisition stops. That's right. It's time to open your eyes to Santa Claus. Well, that's it, man. All right, there you go. Then we're gonna talk about the weird encounter I had with the Seahawk. Uh, all right. Well, we got to get to it next week. All right. Yeah. Hold off on it. Hold off on it. I wanted to talk Peruvian chicken too, but <laughs> next week on the Megacast, we're gonna be talking about Peruvian chicken. Oh, I never even oh, speaking of push-ups. All right, we'll save it for next week too. Would you have a different push-up song for the way out? No, but did you see the 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 character at Disney that got into a uh, a push-up? Uh, oh yeah, and he mauled that dude, Gaston. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Mm, put that guy in his place. What's that? That's pretty strong. You think you're pretty strong? No, who told you that? I think I'm stronger. Than you. No, I'm the strongest man in the world. I don't know. I'm stronger than me. I think I'm. This guy's telling the Gaston that he thinks he's stronger than him because the guy's got Gaston's got like fake muscles, but you could tell the guy that's playing Gaston. Yeah, and then he's, when they he's ripped, and, and the guy that's challenging him is obviously a fit dude too. Right. 
But when they pop down to do the push-ups, the guy in character starts doing them one-handed. Oh, it's And great. just basically trolls him in front of everybody like, I am that character. Here, here check it out. What's the challenge today, boy? A push-up contest. We have a push-up contest. Okay, boy, I have a challenge on a push-up contest. Okay. Someone say go when you're ready. Ready? Okay. Right there is when he switched to do one-handed push-ups and yeah. just own the kid. Put him in his place. And I got to say, the kid did a lot of good push-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. That guy, was he's been waiting for that challenge. He was doing like four push-ups by the time the guy did one. Yeah. Like He was just pounding him like, like a rabbit. <laughs> it was awesome. Like Grace after a few drinks. Grace. Grace. All right, let's get out of here, Ted. Next week, we'll talk about Peruvian chicken. It was delicious. And an interesting encounter with a Seahawk. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Find us on Twitter at the Megacast. It's time to get 10. Let's go. Get some water, Steve. Get some water. Where's my water? <laughs> oh. All right, down the day. <laughs> that sounds impossible. Uh. All right, Ted. All right, man. Next week we're back at it. Peruvian chicken. Blah, blah, blah.